Hey there, Soul Family. Welcome to another episode of Evolving Consciously. My name is Holly and I know for sure that nothing happens by accident. This moment is happening very on purpose. So I invite you to really sink in with me as we weave our way through this conversation today so that the message your soul is searching for right now can land deeply with you. Here in this podcast, we have conversations on consciousness, helping you unbecome everything you're not, bringing you home to your wholeness so that you can live a completely authentic, soul-centered life. I thought it was very fitting at the beginning of a year to discuss the topic of illness. Um, This is something that's quite close to my heart, I'm very passionate about, and I realize can be extremely controversial and can uh, get a lot of backs up and have a lot of people get angry, but that's okay. I'm here to really send out a message that that I know to be true, that I've seen be true in my own life, that um, I have helped other people to embrace and, and has healed them and their life. And I ask you, while I will speak without the intention to offend you, I ask you to listen without intentions to defend. I speak without offending and you listen without defending because it can be confronting. And and sometimes it's a whole lot easier to be sick or to have something wrong with us or to have a body part that aches and pains all the time. It's a whole lot easier to to have that than it is to take responsibility for that and to be able to release that from our lives. And sometimes, and quite often, if not always, our illnesses and our our ailments and our, our body pains and aches give us access to something we want. We don't know who we are without that illness and and without being sick. And we don't know whether or not we're worthy of being loved without that. So often our illnesses and our and our broken parts, they, they are what give us access to love from others, to care. Because when people see you, they say, how are you? How's your, your illness going? What did the doctor say? How are you feeling? Can I do anything to help you? And, and it becomes something that gives us a lot of power. And we think, well, what would happen if I wasn't sick? You know, what reason would people have to love me then? If, you know, what, why would anyone bother to care about me or to notice me or to make me feel like I even matter if I wasn't sick? Because if my illness has been, has become the, the thing that I get the attention for and that I get loved for and I get noticed and I get cared for, then who would I be and what would life look like if I didn't have that? And it's too scary. It's too scary to go there. You know, my dad um, is an above knee amputee. So he has one leg. My mum's had brain surgery. My brother's broken his neck and, you know, I don't, I've had, you know, my fair share of, you know, people very close to me um, be given what I call, you know, pivotal, what, what was supposed to be awakening moments. And if you miss the lesson, you have to repeat the lesson. And, you know, I, 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 if I look back at my family's, um, you know, uh, injuries and illnesses, I see a pattern. But for whatever reason, at the time that they happen, you know, they didn't necessarily choose to see that. And so from that angle, I want to share with you, remember that we're talking here about spiritual expansion, about allowing ourselves to expand um, in the way that we think, in the way that we see things and perceive things. I, I, I personally believe that so many people 
are so sick because we have given too much authority to someone in a white coat. Okay, we have allowed the person with the title, the person with the PhD to become the decider of, of, of our fate. We have put, and I'm not saying to disrespect, I have so much respect for medicine um, and, you know, particularly in the, in the case of trauma where there's been an accident or, you know, there's, um, you know, for me, myself, myself only about two years ago, uh, my appendix burst and I had to get my appendix out and gosh, medicine saves lives, but I'm not talking about, you know, acute uh, traumatic circumstances. I'm talking about long-term health issues that I personally do not believe have any, I don't believe illness is real in that regard. It's you're, you're not sick. Your spirit is using your body to get your attention because when you get sick, you stop and all of a sudden your health becomes a priority. But if you can look deeper and go, well, it's not my body that needs to be fixed here. It's just my spirit is, is using my body to manifest um, an injury that, that, that exists inside of me that if I can give my attention to and if I can heal, that maybe my body just might heal because all it is is, is toxic energy that's stored, that, that's showing up through my body and, and our body really can give us signs and give us messages. So if we stop giving so much authority to the person who, who are, you know, in the white coat or the person with the PhD and we claim back the power ourselves, we don't disregard them. We don't disrespect them, but we understand that ultimately I am the decider. I, I am I'm the best doctor my body will ever have. You see, the power of the mind is even acknowledged by medicine by the placebo effect. How do medicine uses people's minds to determine whether or not the medicine is effective? They give a placebo effect. They give a control group, um, a sugar pill that they think is the real pill. But then some people in the placebo effect end up having the result as if they took the pill. But they didn't take the pill. So what created that change in their body then? It was nothing other than their mind and their belief. That's what it was. It was their belief. They believed they took the pill. And so they ended up with the effect of that pill. But they didn't even take the pill. It was only a sugar pill. But their mind, their mind told their body and communicated with every cell within their body that they had taken the pill and therefore their, the cells in their body began to react according to the instruction that their mind had just given their body. The cell starts changing itself. It starts interacting with other cells differently and which then affects the next cell and the next cell and, and ultimately affects the entire organ through nothing other than an instruction that their mind gave to their body. And so we can use that. We own that power. That is always ours. So I'm not saying disregard your doctor, but I'm saying this year, get yourself well. Claim back all your power. Do not believe that anything is wrong with your body. Your body is only an outward expression of, of, of um, an injury to your soul that is calling for your attention. And when you heal that soul, when you heal that belief system, when you heal that, that uh, you know, that limit that maybe you have on yourself, your body will heal because it will be given the instruction through your mind and through your, and through the power of belief. So I believe personally that we should all, you know, there's a movie I watched recently. If you haven't watched this yet, make sure you do it. It's available on, um, on Apple, uh, on iTunes. Uh, and the movie, it's a documentary called Heal. 
uh, Kelly Noonan is the producer and it's absolutely incredible. I was fortunate enough to be asked to speak um, um, on the panel at a Heal event here in my hometown in Adelaide, Australia. Um, just about, you know, there, there was a, a group of people that, um, that uh, I guess are here to be spiritual teachers and have different understandings of how the mind, the mind body connection. And, and I was asked to speak in that panel three times, which is, which means I've watched the movie three times and every time I get something more out of it. If you have not, when you listen, when you have finished listening to this radio show today, please be a blessing to yourself and anyone in your life with any level of illness and, uh, and, and make them watch and make yourself watch the documentary called heal. And it says in the, in, you know, um, so many of the, of the words that were spoken in this movie were just imprinted on my soul. And I've been busting to get through the Christmas break to be able to share this message today. So I believe that, you know, we, we should believe the diagnosis from a doctor. Okay. But when we're diagnosed with something, uh, it is what it is. But we should never believe the prognosis. And personally, I believe it should be illegal for doctors to ever give a prognosis. I mean, seriously, who made them God? Who told them? You know, and I understand that they do, that their prognosis comes from, you know, the majority of cases they see. But the thing is, how do you know that the majority of cases didn't turn out like that? Because you told them they'd turn out like that. You told them you had a 97% chance and therefore 97% of people end up uh, being a result of what you told them they'd be. Like, how do we know that what came first, the chicken or the egg? What came first, you know, the, the, the percentages or the doctor's prognosis? Because they keep giving a prognosis that we then believe in. That belief then goes in and instructs ourselves to create that prognosis. And we end up another statistic on the wrong side of the bloody column. So why can't you be the 1%? If a doctor hands you a prognosis and they say there's a 99% chance you die and there's a 1% chance you die, why is it that we automatically put ourselves in the percentage that says we will die? Think about that. We own the power to claim it, but we get to choose what percentage we put ourselves in. So you can be in fight or flight or you can be in rest and repair. You can't be in both. And this is really what the documentary talks about. I can't suggest, you know, I can't encourage you enough to make sure you watch this movie if you have any illness uh, in your life or with anyone in your life. Just here's the thing. Let's get back to consciousness and how consciousness affects our body and how you can, just by healing your spirit, you can heal your body. Because the problem you've got isn't with your body anyway. Your body's only an outward, outward manifestation of the problem you have in your soul. Consciousness is an interpretation. That's, we all interpret things differently because we're all at different levels of consciousness. Okay, but when, you when we change our mind about something, we change the signals that are going into the body and adjusting the function of every cell. And actually for Christmas, um, my partner got a book by, um, uh, by Deepak Chopra called Quantum Healing. If, this is all what it's based on. It is an absolute, I can't even... There aren't even words to explain the power of this book, Quantum Healing. Uh, go and make sure you, you read that as well. Um, it, it, uh, I, I just, I feel like I'm just here today to get this message out. So let me move forwards. So, you know, we, we really need to start a mantra inside ourselves of I'm, I'm not a victim of hereditary. I'm a master of my genetic activity. Because, you know, the truth is, how, I've never believed in hereditary because I've always wondered, where did, if, if it's hereditary, then where did it start? I don't believe that, that, you know, that genetic defects get handed down. 
What I believe gets handed down are thought patterns and belief systems. That's what gets handed down. The reason the next generation, the one after that, and the one after that, and the one after that all have the same health problems is because they believe they will. They believe that, and they've been taught by the previous generation, who were taught by the previous generation, who were taught by the previous generation to think the same things and to believe the same beliefs and to have the same thoughts and to, and to choose the same perspectives. So therefore the lesson keeps being handed down through the generations because the thought patterns keep getting handed down through generations. Because at some point, someone breaks the hereditary model. Or at some point, where did it begin? If it was hereditary, then how did the first person get it? So, so if, the, if it wasn't hereditary for the first person to get it, then how does it get passed on? So, you know, I'll leave it up to you as to what you decide around hereditary. And, you know, chances are if you're in the medical industry, you know, this is already pretty confronting and, you, and uh, you know, you're probably getting angry on the other side there. And I used to be the same. My mum's a cardiac technician. You know, by, by trade, I'm an exercise physiologist. I was raised in the, in the science world and, and I don't disregard it. But there isn't enough attention given and enough regard and enough honour given to the power of our mind and our soul when it comes to, um, having control over the body okay if you can see the problem as the portal that wakes us up whatever it is that this illness i've got this ailment i've got this pain that i've got this injury that i've had this leg that i've lost if i can see this as the portal to to what wakes me up to the life that i was sent here that what helps me remember what i came here for then what what could have been your biggest breaking becomes your greatest blessing we just need to see the purpose in the pain. You know, uh, actually, I want to share this with you. On the, on the, uh, the documentary Heal, there's this awesome little short video. And it's of a caterpillar. I want to share the story with you because it really impacted me. And I want you to think about this because sometimes our, our illnesses are sent to us as cocoons that are preparing us for something greater. They're preparing us, you know, by forcing us to give our attention to something that we wouldn't otherwise give our attention to. Our illnesses and our injuries are helping us rearrange our priorities that we wouldn't otherwise have rearranged. And so the, uh, this caterpillar is uh, in a chrysalis and it's hanging from the tree. And there's a man going out for a walk and he sees the caterpillar. He sees the chrysalis moving. And as he gets closer, he realizes that this little caterpillar is stuck inside, trapped by the cocoon and it's wiggling and it's trying to make its way out. And, and, and it seems to the man that this caterpillar is trying so hard to get out of the cocoon, but he can't get out and it's causing suffering to the caterpillar. So the man with the most beautiful intentions, the most pure heart with the best intentions goes and gets a pair of scissors and thinks well you know what I'll help the caterpillar I can see him struggling he wants to get out but he can't get out let me cut the chrysalis and let me help him get out and he goes up to the chrysalis with his scissors and he snips the end of the chrysalis and out the bottom of the chrysalis what was about to be a butterfly what looked like a formed butterfly dropped to the ground and died it wasn't a caterpillar. It had its wings. It had its colours. But it couldn't fly. And so it falls to the ground and it dies. But, it was, but the man was only ever trying to help. 
And sometimes we do this. We, we only want to help the people we know are sick. And so we give them love and we care for them and we go and visit them and we bring things for them. But sometimes those are the things that enable the behavior of being sick. It's, it, they don't even realize it themselves that that's what they're addicted to, but that is a payoff they get for being sick. And all we want to do is love them. But by loving them that much when they're sick, it gives them a reason to stay sick. To stay sick. So I'm not saying don't love people. In fact, love is all that, that, that heals anything. But we need to, you know, we need to make sure that we're not interfering with the journey. The man who cut the chrysalis interfered with the journey. It was a, it was a butterfly, but it needed to go through pain. It needed to, to go through the struggle of finding its own way out of a cocoon. No one could help it out of a cocoon. Sometimes you can't help the person in your life that's sick. Only they can. All you can do is love them through it and let them go through the struggle. Because in the struggle, that's where they learn to fly. That's where they get the strength to use their wings. That's where the transformation takes place, where they go from being the sick person to being the healed person that has a message for the world. You know, for the, I love what, I can't remember the lady's name on the documentary Heal, but, um, you know, she goes into remission. And, and, and this is a message that I have for all of you out there in, in any kind of remission or you know anyone that's in remission, whether it be for cancer, whether it be for leukemia, whether it be for, you know, uh, lupus, whatever it could be. She says, remission means remember my mission. When, you're, when you are put into, let's, call, let's, let's say, remission, it's a chance. All it is is a sign from the universe to remember your mission. Remember why you came here. So let's move into the, the spiritual aspects of this and then, and um, you know, how, or how this all, how your spirit affects your body and your body affects your spirit. Here's the thing. You are not a body with a spirit. You are a spirit in a body. We are not a body that has a spirit. Each of us, all that we are, the consciousness, the I, the I am, of, of all that we are, we are a spirit in a body. And we, you know you're not a body because as soon as the spirit leaves the body, the body's dead, which means you weren't a body to begin with because the body's not dead until the spirit leaves. So you were never a body to begin with. You're a spirit because it's only when the spirit leaves that the body is no longer of any use. So therefore, if we are a spirit in a body, we're not a body, we're a spirit. Therefore, dis-ease, disease, is manifested through your spirit and displays itself through the body because you're not a body. So the body can't get sick. You are a spirit. The spirit can get sick and it will display itself and its level of injury and its level of healing required, uh, maybe from a past life or from this life or whatever it might be. It will show itself through the body. Okay, the body is the only way it has to communicate with us at a human level. I love how Louise Hay, she says, all disease comes from a state of unforgiveness. Sometimes that unforgiveness is for yourself. We are never ill. Okay, here's the thing. Whenever we are ill, we need to search our hearts to see who it is we need to forgive. Okay, the very person you find it hardest to forgive is the one you need to let go of the most. And forgiveness means giving up and letting go. It doesn't, it has nothing to do with condoning the behavior. It's just letting the whole thing go. It never makes what happened okay. It just means that you care more about yourself and taking care of you, that you're no longer willing to be held as a prisoner uh, to these, these toxic emotions of unforgiveness and resentment. 
So we do not know. Here's the thing. We don't have to know how to forgive. All we need to do is be willing to forgive. And the universe takes care of the how. You can even use that as a mantra. I've done this for a lot of the clients that I coach, not just for the, the illnesses, but for many different things. But the, the, the affirmation that you can use is, I am willing to release the need. I'm willing to release my need to be sick. I'm willing to release my need. Whatever it is that you have or that you are, you, maybe it could be um, you're always busy. You don't have to work on not being busy. If you release the need, if you're willing to release the need to even be busy, if you don't have a need to be busy, you automatically won't be busy. So you don't have to work on not being busy. You just have to release the need to be busy or release the need to be sick. or re- Because whatever it is that you are or that you have or that happens to you, you have a need for it. The universe will support you in anything you choose to believe and you call it into your life by because for whatever reason, at some level, you need it in your life. The universe takes care of the how. You just need to be willing to do something or willing to release it, willing to forgive. You don't need to know how to forgive. The universe will organize that for you, okay? So now here's what happens. When we are very little, we learn how to feel about ourselves. So how does the spirit end up affecting the body? Well, as I said, when we are little, we learn how to feel about ourselves and about life by the reactions of the adults around us. Okay, this is how we get programmed. It's the way we learned what to think about ourselves and the world around us. And when we grow up, we have a tendency to recreate the emotional environment of our early home life. Okay, this isn't a good thing, a bad thing, a right thing, a wrong thing. It, it just is, it, it is just what we know inside as home. That's why if you grow up in abuse, you're likely to, to uh, attract a partner that also abuses you. If you grow up with criticism, you're likely to create an environment when you're older of nothing but criticism and you put yourself in environments where you're always criticised because even though it hurts you, it feels like home to you. Anything that we are familiar with makes us feel safe and it, it doesn't mean it has to be nice to us. It's familiar to us. Criticism sometimes feels so familiar that we feel safe there and so we keep attracting people into our lives who will criticize us because that's what makes us feel like like we are where we belong, like we, we, that we belong where we are because it feels like home. We also tend to recreate in our personal relationships, as I said, the relationships that that we had with our mothers and fathers or, or what they had between them. Okay, think of it. Think of how often a lover or a boss that you've had was just like your mother or just like your father. Think of how – because you didn't just – it's not by accident that you ended up with that job or you ended up with that partner. That was all on purpose. That was all called into your life at an age where you can, where you have the power to change it and to do something about it. And it was called into your life to trigger you and to touch the wounds that you have inside of you so that you could become aware of them so that you could heal the wounds that exist in your soul. And when you heal those wounds, those people stop showing up in your life. Okay. And we treat ourselves the way our parents treated us. We scold and punish ourselves in the same way. And we also love and encourage ourselves in the same way. If you always heard your parents say, oh gosh, you never do anything right. It's all your fault. How could you be so stupid? I bet that's how you talk to yourself now. And anytime you, you think you've done something stupid, you'll, you'll hurt yourself. You'll go eat something you shouldn't eat and sabotage yourself or you'll miss a training and you won't go to that seminar that you were going to go to. It's like you're in this little rebellion mode and that's how you punish yourself because you got punished when you were younger for being stupid. So anytime you think you were stupid or you feel like you've just been stupid over something, you'll find a way to punish yourself, whether it's through something you do, something you eat, or you'll go to the gym and 
really put yourself through some pain or whatever it might be. I don't know how it is you do it, but we, we recreate these patterns, okay? If, you ha if your parents always said things like, you are wonderful, I love you, you can do anything, that's probably how you talk to yourself. And all of these things, see, words are real things. And, and all of these things, words are spirit. Words are energy. That's why they have an effect on us. That's why through nothing other than words, we get emotional. We can feel something. We can get angry over some, what someone said, or we can feel sad. We can cry, whatever it might be. It's all through words. Why? Because words are real. Words are vibration. And that is all that we are. They are the same as what we are. They are energy. They are complete energy. So we are all victims of victims. Okay. It's not possible for someone to teach us anything that they didn't know, including how to love ourselves. So yes, you know, maybe our parents, maybe your parents didn't love you right or didn't love you well enough, but chances are the only reason they didn't is because they never knew how to love. They, they never got loved either. We are all just victims of victims. Each one of us decides to incarnate upon this planet at a particular point in time and space. We've chosen to come here to learn a particular lesson that will advance us upon our spiritual evolutionary pathway in order to get that ever in order to get that expansion we choose our sex our color our country and then we look around for the particular set of parents who will mirror the pattern that we are bringing in to work on in this lifetime then we become victims and blame our parents for doing it to us. But really, we chose them because they were perfect for what we wanted to expand from and to overcome in this lifetime. And this is where it really, you know, really brings us to consciousness and awareness and self-responsibility to go, yes, okay, my parents never loved me right or this never happened for me or this happened to me. But... I also have to remember, I chose those parents. That was exactly the lesson I needed, what I need. How can I learn about self-love if I come in and I'm just loved by, in order for me to get the lesson I need on love, I needed to first not be loved. So that when I was at the age where I was able to take control and responsibility for all that I am and to connect with my own consciousness, I could find that path myself. That would be where my healing comes from. That would be where my expansion comes from. If I had to come here and have parents that love me, I could never have got that expansion. We learn our belief systems as little children and then we move through life creating experiences to match our beliefs. So we get our beliefs as children and then we use those beliefs to attract and to ask at a vibrational level for all the experiences that will that match those beliefs. Look back in your own life and notice how often you've gone through the same experience. Write, even write them down, the same principles in this job, in that job, with this relationship, with that boss, with this colleague, with this friend. So many things are the same patterns, okay? Be open to accepting that you created those experiences over and over because they mirrored something that you believed about yourself. All the events that you've experienced in your life up to this moment have been created by your thoughts and your beliefs that you've held in the past. They were created by the thoughts and the words that you used last year, 10, 20, 30, 50, 50 you know, 60 years ago. Every, all the words you use and the thoughts that, that, that you chose created the energy that attracted the experiences you've had. However, here's the thing. That is your past and you can leave it where it belongs, which is in the past. You create your future by the thoughts and the words you choose to think, speak and believe right now. And as you choose to um, think and speak and believe all of those thoughts right now, you start changing the, the message that, that 
that filtrates through every cell in your body, that starts to change the molecules of every single cell, that starts to change the communication between the cells, that starts to change the disease you have or you don't have, that starts to change, you know, just so, that starts to change the tissue of the organ that you thought didn't work and that you were doomed, that you already have believed that your kidneys will never repair because you know my mother and her mother and her mother and her mother all had kidney disease so i already know i'm going to have kidney disease and i'll be on this medication the rest of my life what might happen if you didn't believe that who might you be if that wasn't your story see the only thing we're ever dealing with is a thought and a thought can be changed no matter what the problem is our experiences are only outer effects of inner thoughts that's all they are even self-hatred, Louise Hay says this, she says, even self-hatred is only hating a thought you have about yourself. You have a thought that says, I'm a bad person. This thought produces a feeling and you buy into the feeling. That's all it is. It's only, but it's only ever thought. Thoughts are choices. And when you change the thought, you change the feeling. And when you change the feeling, you change your life because you change the communication and the environment of every single cell. The innermost belief for everyone is always, I'm not good enough, I don't do enough, and I don't deserve this, and I don't deserve that. But this is where, see, this is where illness begins, and this is where we, we start. This is where we start to heal the illnesses and the ailments in our body. Resentment, criticism, guilt, and fear cause more problems than anything else. These feelings come from blaming others and from not taking responsibility for your own experiences. And I'm not saying it's easy to do this, by the way. Don't get me wrong. There's things that go wrong with my body and I'm always going, wow, what's, what's this? Not all what's wrong with my body. Where has this come from? What is it that's asking for my attention? It's not really a problem with my arm. It's not really a problem with my appendix. It's not really a problem with my weight. It's not really a problem with my knee. These are all just symbols that are asking for attention. I Like... I will just go, if I have a problem with my throat, with my, with anything, I will just go straight to Google and I'll Google Louise Hay, uh, meaning of sore throat, meaning of whatever. And my gosh, if you are open and if you are willing to truly transform yourself and to, and to uh, take responsibility for yourself, there is no... I tell you that what comes up on that screen will hit you so hard. It resonates so deep that you, yeah, it doesn't mean don't go get your appendix. My appendix burst two years ago and I had to go get, well, they got infected to begin with and I had to go get them taken out and everyone's saying, oh, you're appendix. And I'm like, no, 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 I don't have a problem with my appendix. Now, the problem manifested in my appendix. But when I looked up what the meaning of it was, it said appendix is a fear of life. And that made so much sense to me because just in the month leading up to that, I'd launched a few children's books that became number one bestsellers. And, and I'd gone along to a, a meeting um, somewhere where uh, at a school assembly where I shared my book as an author. And at the end of the school assembly, one of the parents came up to me um, and uh, basically asked, you know, said he had a business and he deals a lot with China. He's an Asian man, deals a lot with China and uh, wanted to meet up with me. And upon meeting up with him, uh, essentially he wanted to look at me creating um, a TV show or like a series that, uh, and to potentially travel around China because the, uh, the government or something, 
something we're really funding or there's some organizations that are funding teaching Chinese how to be parents instead of uh, and how to raise their own children and really bring parenting skills and things like this and anyway it, it, it was huge it was like and I had a fear because there was a part of me that always wanted to be the next Oprah like I, you know and still to this day I mean I, I, I'll have my own TV show going this year but at that time, as much as I wanted it, it was like, whoa, it was showing up and, and, and my fear came up. I don't know if I'm good enough for this. You know, I, I, I thought I wanted this. I thought I believed in myself, but it's not until that request shows up right in front of me that I need to go and send him a quote in the next 48 hours for what I would charge to travel around China and to go here and to go there. And, 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 and whoa, I don't, I don't know if I'm worthy of this. I don't know if I'm this good yet. And all the that experience helped me find pockets in my soul where I didn't believe in myself. And without that experience, I could never have known. I thought that I had, I thought I had completely triumphed over self doubt until that showed up. And, and I had a fear and you know, that the appendix bursting was a very convenient excuse to miss out on that opportunity. Wasn't because, it, because then I don't get the quote to him, right? I don't get in on time and I have to say, Oh, sorry, I'm in hospital. I've had my appendix out. You know, now I'm forgiven for not getting that quote through, which means I can't go further with that opportunity, which is now whew, relaxing. And it's a relief to my soul because I didn't think I was ready for that. So it was nothing to do with my appendix. It was just a perfect excuse to, to not face a fear that I had and, and to grow into, you know, who I needed to be. So, that, so it's a never-ending journey. I'm not saying that this ever stops, but use your body as a way to deepen your consciousness and to deepen your awareness of yourself. Why? I don't have a sore throat. There's something that I'm not expressing. Where do I feel like I don't have a voice? Where is it in my life? With who do I need to speak up to? Because the reason my throat gets sore is because the energy is being trapped there because I'm not speaking up about something. Or I get an earache. What is it that I don't want to hear? What is it that someone's trying to tell me that I'm trying to block? I don't want to hear about it right now. You know, when I get a sore knee, I, there's a fear of stepping forward in life. What is it? Why is my knee aching all of a sudden? It's normal. I don't have a problem with my knee. It's not because I went for a run yesterday. Where, where am I a bit afraid of stepping forwards? So use your body as a way to guide you through your, your soul journey, all right? Whatever is going on out there is only a mirror of our inner thinking. Our beliefs attract the people who treat us the way that we need to be treated to validate the belief system we have of ourselves. If you find yourself saying, everyone always does such and such to me and everyone always criticizes me and no one's ever there for me and everyone uses me like a doormat, you know, everyone abuses me, no one ever respects me. This is your pattern. This is the pattern. You keep calling those people into your life. Why? Probably because it makes you feel safe because people always walked all over you as a child. People always criticized you. But you do have the ability to pay attention to that and to go, well, I need to start working on my, my ability, my need to release the need to be criticized because I'm worthy of more than that. Here, let, me, let me share with you a few patterns that manifest on the physical level. And again, this comes from Louise Hayes' information. So it's available to everyone out there. Resentment, is, resentment that is long held can eat away at the body and becomes the disease, the disease of cancer. Cancer is long-standing resentment. Where in your body you get that cancer can help highlight what, what, what you're holding resentment towards. 
okay? So you need to search that up yourself. But cancer is long-standing resentment. So if you have cancer or, or, or you've had cancer and you're in remission, you don't want to come back, don't hope that just because the chemo killed it or, or whatever, it's gone. Because if you haven't healed it at a soul level, it's going to come back. It, chances are it comes back because it was never a problem with the body to begin with. Your soul was asking you to give your attention to an injury that you have around resentment towards something or to someone who wronged you or betrayed you or violated you. And you still hold resentment to that person or to that circumstance or to that experience. And if you can resolve the resentment, you can dissolve cancer. Criticism as a permanent habit can often lead to arthritis in the body. Someone with arthritis is probably full of criticism. They criticize themselves constantly on the inside of their mind. They're probably critical on the outside as well. They've probably only ever been criticized. Guilt always looks for punishment and punishment creates pain. So when someone has a lot of pain, I guarantee you they're holding a lot of guilt. Fear and the tension it produces can help, can create things like baldness, ulcers, and even sore feet. Okay. And Louise Hay, she says herself, forgiving and releasing resentment will dissolve even cancer. How, how does it hurt to try? What if you did have the power? What if you just opened yourself up to that? What if you weren't quite ready to believe it yet, but you opened yourself up to the possibility of believing it? What if you just started there? I've healed so many things in my body and I know so many things that have healed so many things in their body, things that they were told they'd have forever, things that they'd told they'd be on medication for forever, forever. I had allergies and hay fever my entire life. The whole of my life, I basically couldn't breathe because of how itchy my throat was and how swollen my eyes were getting, how, you know, I just, how blocked and how swollen my adenoids and my, my uh, sinuses would get. But I did the work on myself. And to this day, I literally never get cancer. My, my own children, touch wood, never get sick. And when they do, you know, the last thing we do is go to a doctor and get uh, antibiotics or something. I use natural therapies, but quite often if they get a sore throat, I will, I will talk to them. What is it? What, you know, is there something on your mind? What is it that's going on? Even when they're saying they get sick, I say to them, watch what you say to yourself. Because if you start saying, oh, I've got such a sore throat, oh, I'm feeling sick. Now, you might be feeling sick. Okay, you're feeling sick. Okay, but don't speak it. Don't breathe more life into, the, into that sentence. Don't word that. Don't use words, I'm so sick. Okay, I'm not feeling well. I'm feeling sick. That's it. Don't say it again. It is what it is. Saying you're feeling sick isn't going to help you feel better. So just, just let it be what it is. Okay, you're not well. Let's do the things we need to do to get you well. Okay, but, but you don't need to speak, I'm not sick. Or I'm sorry, I'm sick. You don't need to speak, oh, my, head's, my head feels so bad. Just my tummy really hurts. Yes, okay, you've told me once and I'm aware of that. And now be careful what you say. I'm not saying pretend you don't have it. Give your attention to it. Something's asking for your attention. Give, don't pretend it's not there, but don't continue breathing life into that sentence. Don't continue speaking it and speaking it because every cell in your body is listening and it's responding to the message it's getting. And the message comes through the, your words because you can't speak something without thinking it. You can think it without speaking it, but you cannot speak it without thinking it. So I know that you're, you're speaking that as you're thinking that. So, you know, we, we, we do a lot of work on, on, on words in our home and my children barely ever get sick. Like, I didn't even know the last time they ever, ever, like in years, in three, four years had, had um, I don't know, 
a, a vomiting bug or diarrhea or anything like that. And, and, you know, you go do your own research on this. I just want to, if you're out there and you're ready for this message, I want this to deepen your belief system in it and, and empower you. And if you're out there and, and, and you've not really been exposed to this before, then, then I hope that this annoys you. I want this to really get under your skin and rattle you so badly that, that, you, that you have to do something about it. You have to look into it. You know, it, it, just, it won't leave your mind. You're forced to, to move in this direction. That's what I hope. I hope that that happens for you. I hope this annoys you so badly that you can no longer keep believing what you always believe. You can no longer hand over all of your personal power to the diagnosis or the prognosis of someone with a medical degree. Okay. If, you know, I don't, I don't want you to wait until you're under the threat of a surgeon's knife or you're on your deathbed when you may have to deal with panic as well as, you know, your resentment. Dissolve your resentment now. Okay. If we choose to believe that we are helpless victims and that it's all hopeless and that it's all hereditary and that this is how it is, the universe will support us in that belief and we will just go down the drain. The universe will support you in whatever you choose to believe. So be careful with the choices you make about what you believe. And belief systems are nothing other than a thought that you think over and over again. If you think a thought often enough, it becomes a belief. A belief is nothing other than a default operating system that you operate from without any conscious thought. It's vital that we release these foolish, outdated, negative ideas and beliefs that do not support and nourish us. Even our concept of God needs to be one that is for us and not against us. For some people, the reason they keep getting so sick and the reason their life is so out of order is because of the belief they have about what God is. Um, that's a whole other topic for a whole other day. But just ask yourself, does my belief about God serve me or hurt me? Does it heal me or hurt me? Because your belief about God and who God is and what God is, you know, is uh, if that's out of order, your whole life will be out of order. But anyway, that's a topic for another day. So just pay attention. Just ask you. I'm, I'm going to give you some sentences here. And I just want you to think. Just listen for a moment with, with, with some stillness and ask yourself, do I say these things? Can you hear yourself in these sentences I'm about to say? Because this might help you go, oh, wow, I, I thought I was such a positive, you know, focused person, but wow, I do say those things. So this can just help you, you know, take off a layer and come to a deeper awareness of yourself. And you start here and the journey just unfolds and unfolds. And before you know it, you live the best life you've ever lived because you took control even of your body and you stopped even allowing yourself to believe that you're sick or that your body can get sick without your permission or without your, your influence on it. It is all your own influence. Your body can only get sick with your internal influence. So my body doesn't work. It hurts, bleeds, it aches, it oozes, it twists, it blows up, it limps, it burns, it ages, I can't see, I can't hear, it's rotting away and so on, plus whatever else you may have created. Are those some things that you say? What about my relationships don't work? They're smothering, they're absent, they're demanding, they don't support me, they always criticize me, they're so unloving, they never leave me alone, they pick on me all the time, they don't want, you know, they don't want to be bothered with me, they walk all over me, they never listen to me, and so on and so on. Is any of those words, is any of that language part of your sentences? Maybe it's your finances. My finances don't work. They're non-existent. They're seldom there. They're never enough. They're just out of reach. They go out faster than they come in. They won't cover the bills. They slip through my fingers. You know, they only just make ends meet. These are words. You are breathing life into every sentence you speak because words are real things. And each one of those words creates fear and it creates resentment and it creates guilt and it creates um, 
it creates, you know, just a toxic environment on the inside of your body. And then you wonder why your body blows up and it oozes and twists because you speak it all the time. You believe it. So you, so the universe goes, okay, well, I'll support you in that belief. Let me help you attract a bug, a disease, a belief for this, a person that annoys you so bad that you get so full of hatred and anger that it releases so much cortisol on the inside of your body that then, you know, your adrenal glands become exhausted. And now you've got adrenal fatigue. But it only ever came from, or if you, if you take that all the way back, it started with a thought or a belief system or an injury to your soul that was calling for your attention and it does it through your body because when you get sick you stop and all of a sudden your body and your your health becomes your priority but we need to focus on the health of our spirit because it's reflected in our body words are real things okay let me give you some more sentences before we wrap up this show i never get to do what i want to do i can't please anyone I don't know what I want to do. There's never any time for me. My needs and desires are always left out. I always come last. I'm only doing this to please them. I'm just a doormat. Nobody cares about what I want to do. Nobody even notices. I have no talent. All I do is procrastinate. Nothing ever works for me. I'm just so tired all the time. I'm just completely lost. These are not the real problems. These are the outer effects of inner thought patterns. The words we speak are indicative of our inner thoughts and that's where the damage is done. Unresolved emotions, unspoken words are all energy that is left to rot in our spirit. It shows up in the form of injury to our body. That is the only form of communication our spirit has to ask us to give attention to something that, needs, that it needs to release. Injuries and illness stop us and they become priorities. Sore throat, sore ears, eyes, whatever. Be careful when these energies show themselves that you don't breathe more life into them by repeating, I'm so sick, my throat's so sore, I'm sick of this eye, my knee is killing me. Take control, understand you are in control. I'm not saying disregard medicine, but don't also disregard yourself and the healing potential of your mind on your body. If you haven't already seen it, please take this message today. Go to Apple iTunes and watch the documentary called Heal and go and get the book by Deepak Chopra called uh, Quantum Healing and allow it to to impact your life. The other book, the book that half of what I've just shared comes from today, I've read it so many times, it, it's, it's like it's become my own message, it's part of my own soul, is You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. And in the back of that book, there's a glossary, there's an index, and you can look up anything that's wrong with your body, if you don't already know this. You can have anything wrong with your body, go to the back of the book, look for the injury, and it will tell you what the thought pattern is and the reason You've got that, that injury and how to release it, the affirmation to release that thought pattern and that belief system so that your body can heal itself. And I tell you, that should be the Bible that everyone has on this planet. That should be given to every child at birth and it should be taught in schools because, you know, we get taught about, you know, being sick and about how to put a bandage on. We've got first aid degrees, but what about doing, you know, the mind aid degrees? What about doing, you know, not just first aid courses, but mind aid courses where we, where we teach Teach our children that they have the power the power of the power of a bandage can also come from the power of their mind that their mind has more power than a bandage that more power than a band-aid more power than stitches you know to, that their body can heal itself if you can just believe that you have the power and if you can give attention to what your thought patterns and your beliefs are in your life you can heal your spirit 
and in doing so, you will heal your body. It takes courage to do this. It takes courage to step in this direction. It takes courage to even let yourself believe this because it forces you to take responsibility and responsibility is a heavy burden that we all must carry at some point. So please, as you depart from here today, I, I truly pray that this has been of value to, to some of you in whichever way it has been, whether it's annoyed you, whether it's really, you know, gotten under your skin or whether it's really blessed you and given you the message you needed. You know, I, I hope it disrupts the way that you live your life in some way so that we can all move forwards, uh, you know, and, and, and create a year of of complete health and wellness at, a, at an all-encompassing holistic level, at the level of the soul, uh, which then manifests through the body so that you can live your absolute best life. But as I say, it always, it always takes courage to, to let go of an old belief and to make room for a new one. So please, as you depart from here today, depart from here with courage, the courage to believe in a better way, the courage to voice what you've got to say, the courage to thrive when times are tough and above all else, the courage to know you are good enough. Good night, everyone.